We will succeed, and that success will belong to every one of us. We should take comfort that while we may have more still to endure, better days will return. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again. Well, hello and welcome to the London Coronavirus Podcast, the original and only pod of its kind in the business. A bit of a different pod today as we let the previous six days do the talking in a best of the week compilation. It was a week which included our dog special, a hat trick of coronavirus confessions from Stefan the Sinner, teeth cleaning habits, heavy metal yoga and so much more. Alongside me this Sunday evening for pod number... Twenty, ladies and gentlemen, was Mr. James Ware. James, we're not going to drone on today. We're going to let previous versions of ourselves drone on instead. <laughs> but before we depart and our listeners settle into the highlights reel of the past week, I've wiped away my patriotic tears, my friends, and I just got to say, how good was that from our queen? It was pretty spectacular. She really nailed it, didn't she? I mean, who's more qualified than you as a fellow Windsor Dave to mark that, really? (laughs) You've probably seen a pre-recording. You were at the premiere at like 5pm instead of having to wait till 8 like the rest of us. But you get the feeling as well, like... We're on episode 20 of the podcast, as you say. You know, it feels like we've gone into our groove a little bit, all thanks to our loyal listeners. The Queen referenced in her speech that she first did a recorded broadcast in 1940. That was 80 years ago. So, like, we're, like, stepping into the booth this evening being like, oh, yeah, here I come in the flow. We've done 20 podcasts over 20 days. She's been doing recorded messages for 80 years. Like, until I've been sat here staring into the pillow microphone in this apartment for 80 years. I just don't Mm. think, like, I really have a right to comment. She is... A proper pro. You get the feeling that she genuinely did that as a one-take wonder as well. I don't think she needs to re-record it. It's honestly like they're in there, five minutes, camera on, camera off. No need for an extra SD card when you're recording the Queen. But yeah, it was really positive, I thought, to end the week with some reassurance, with her Mm. really getting that message across. And that also like... My personal feeling today was the little things that we can enjoy, like the weather and the little pleasures that we have, which she referenced in her speech as well. You know, slowing down the small things, having a chance to reflect, meditate, whatever that looks like for all of us. But like those little things we can enjoy in spite of this situation and some of them because of this situation, but we wouldn't normally have in our daily lives as they typically are. I think there's this weird thing that, this feeling that maybe we shouldn't really enjoy anything. And while we can take the situation seriously and it is a really severe and sad situation, I think it's really, really important we do enjoy those little things. You know, that's what occurred to me. I was like, I need to let myself enjoy the things that I can enjoy. It's really important to do that now. And I'm glad the Queen has provided some reassurance and regally echoed that message. Yeah, I think, first of all, whatever you think about the monarchy, James, I mean, that's a 93-year-old woman who is <laughs> offering up her wisdom. She's been there, she's done that. And as you said, the calmness and the composure 
uh, was absolutely fantastic. And one line I took from it was she just said the quiet, good humoured resolve. And that, I think that's really British, isn't it? And I think it is important, as you say, to, yeah, this is a, a, a devastating time for so many families and, and, and communities and countries. But at the same time, James, yeah, the sun is shining and we can, with a tiny bit of good humour, we can resolve and we can get through this. And I just, you know, I, I was quite... Yeah, I thought it was very, very powerful tonight. And, and it's it sometimes does take the Queen more than our mainstream media, more than our government, just to stand up there. Listen, she's 93 years old. She's seen an awful, awful lot of stuff. And she's just saying to everyone, guys, it's going to be OK. So on podcast number 20, we're going to take a look back on the week just gone and some of the highlights from the London Coronavirus podcast. And James, where, well, my goodness, it was a, a pretty chock-a-block week. Stefan the Sinner was hogging the show for an awful lot of it, but we also had dogs, we had heavy metal yoga, we had habits and hobbies, and we had a new feature in pandemic purchases, and my gosh, so much more that I've completely forgotten about. Did you enjoy it, James? Absolutely, Dave. It's a weird world that we're all acclimatising to together. And it's a weird week every week at the moment. And it turns out when you condense that weird world on weird week into a half an hour special, it gets even weirder. But I'm (laughs) glad that we're all exploring that together and hope that this can bring some brightness to people as they embark on the fresh new week ahead. We're here every single day on the London Coronavirus podcast. Enjoy the pod. In today's show, we are going to lead with coronavirus confession. This is, of course, the section of the show where you come into the confession booth and offload your sins. And today, because it is a canine special, we have a dog themed confession. Now, James, because I'm a top pro, actually today I googled what a confession booth actually Ooh. is, right? And according <laughs> according to Wikipedia, it is a wooden structure with a central compartment entered through a door or curtain. But ours is fully digital. And all you need to be able to do is operate a WhatsApp voice note for Windsor and where to listen to your sins. Fake names are not just accepted, they are in fact encouraged because, well, we can't protect your safety, but we can protect your identity. And entering our metaphorical booth today is Katie from Wales with her coronavirus confession. Hi, my name is Katie and I'm from West Wales and this is my coronavirus confession. So my cocker spaniel puppy Bonnie is loving lockdown, but she doesn't quite understand the concept of social distancing. So we got delivery a few days ago and she ran out to greet the delivery driver, as she does. Um, I, however, was trying to keep to the safe social distancing rules by keeping two metres away from him while also trying to control Bonnie. Um, She managed to jump into his delivery van, stomped all over his parcels, grabbed a random parcel and ran around the garden wanting to play fetch with it. Uh, I managed to get the parcel off her and due to it being quite a small parcel, I thought it would be a good idea to sort of throw it back to the delivery driver just to avoid getting too close. But he was too slow, Bonnie was too quick and when the parcel was midair, she jumped up and grabbed it again thinking it was a game of fetch. Finally, we got it back. So if you've had a torn parcel with teeth marks in it delivered, I am so sorry. It was my dog, Bonnie. 
Wasn't that a beautifully packaged coronavirus <laughs> confession? It was cinematic. I could picture the dog in mid-air, James, just sinking its teeth gleefully into this package. That was wonderful, Katie. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was the coronavirus confession equivalent of the dog ate my homework brought up to the <laughs> modern age. I really appreciate it. I also really felt like I was there in a very socially distant sense. But other than maybe struggling to get up to speed with the rules, dogs are offering an amazing outlet during these tough times, not just for their owners, and also let's not forget the care dogs who are looking after people as normal out there. No rest for those guys right now. But also because it's been announced by the charity Medical Detection Dogs that they are training up specialist sniffer dogs to see if they can detect coronavirus and these trials are already ongoing with Durham University and the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine and they've already been successful with training dogs to spot the scent of malaria, cancer and even Parkinson's disease so the charity boss, Dr. Claire Guest, I mean, we've got to have her on the show. With a surname like that, she's asking <laughs> for it. But she said, in principle, we're sure that dogs could detect COVID-19. So dogs could be an amazing resource, not just in keeping our spirits up through these tough times, but in actually helping us move forward with understanding who has this virus and who doesn't. But hearing that, I I was amazed by the ability of dogs. I know they've got this incredible nose on them, but that kind of blew Mm. my mind. And then I couldn't help but think getting into my dog mindset today, Dave. I wonder what coronavirus smells like. Like we've heard about (laughs) it so much. I think I've thought about this thing in such a plethora (laughs) of different ways. But if, if it like some kind of like, perfume copywriter i had to put some nasal notes onto coronavirus i I don't know why i go for i I think right now thinking out loud off the top of my head top of my nose i think i'd say that it smells to me like quite like musty like a room that you've been in a little too long not enough fresh air and and maybe like a a little like sniff of doom I don't know if that's something that that (laughs) sniffer dogs are trained to detect. Yeah, I can see that, Chase. For me, I put some milk on the hob this morning, right, to go with the coffee. And I forgot about it. I was doing some other things, probably thinking about dogs too much. And it suddenly, the milk started to boil, yeah? And you know when milk boils and it kind of bubbles and has that weird, bizarre smell? And that, that, for me, is what coronavirus will smell like, I think. That, that's how I see it. But I can see the kind of ominous nature of, of your scent that you're suggesting. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure at some point in this coronavirus world, we'll get a definitive answer to that. And, and perhaps dogs will have that answer. To say sit in a way that speaks the language of all <laughs> dog breeds, then you're going to be up there with the rap stars. But we were lucky enough to secure the guidance of a local legend here in the UK on the scene. It's Ollie Just, the star of Channel 4's puppy show. He has also, incidentally, 
trained many celebrity dogs, including Mary Portas's dog, Wilco. Cracking dog name, that. And here are his top tips for those of you with dogs in this tricky time. I think it's fair to say that uh, in the current situation, many dogs are delighted to have their humans at home 24-7. However, I think we, we must start thinking about what's going to happen when when life goes back to normal and we start going to work again. Some dogs, even though perhaps they did not demonstrate separation anxiety or other separation issues um, in the past, might well start demonstrating these behaviours uh, now or at least when you go back to work. So I think it is um, a good idea to um, actually create some social distancing with your dogs throughout the day. So perhaps leaving them uh, in a different room for a while, uh, perhaps with a toy uh, or just letting them snooze somewhere else. Um, so to actually actively create a little bit of distance. Um, and uh, and if your dog already had separation issues um, before we starting to stay at home, uh, before the lockdown, I think it would be a really good idea to now um, contact a behaviorist. Many of us are actually still working and trying to help people remotely with video calls. I certainly do. Uh, and I'm helping people at the moment, helping their dog with separation issues. It's a perfect timing to do it because you're at home, you have time uh, and work can be done to, uh, to help your dogs. So if the behavior was already there, definitely look into um, doing a few bits and bobs to, to, to move forward in preparation for your return to normal life. And even though your dog was not demonstrating separation issues in the past, I think it's a good idea to create distance now. Um, so you can make sure it doesn't happen. Um, yeah, I hope this helps guys. Next up on the London Coronavirus Podcast, we have our global update, the section of the pod where we drop in on a far corner of the globe to get a little insight. We are very London-centric and UK-centric on this pod, so it's always fabulous to look outside and just see how other corners of the globe are really experiencing and trying to survive and thrive in the heart of this pandemic. And today, we have a fabulous and dog-themed, of course, update from Buenos Aires, Argentina, where I spent uh, a big chunk of the last year working. And we have the lovely Catalina explaining what's going on in Argentina at the moment, and perhaps more importantly, what's going on for the dogs. Hi, guys. I'm Catalina from Buenos Aires. Uh, well, the government here instated the complete lockdown 10 days ago, which means nobody's allowed to go out, not even to walk your dog. So this has become an ongoing issue for the people in Buenos Aires. The rule is you're allowed to go to the sidewalk with your dog, but not walk. And you have to have your ID with your address on it. If not, you get fined. Uh, my friend actually has a really big golden retriever in her really, really small Buenos Aires apartment and tried to walk a few blocks past her address and was stopped and you get fined for breaking the quarantine. So that's not good. Um, so yeah, dogs has become the second victims of coronavirus in Buenos Aires. And the complete lockdown is still April 14th. So hopefully by then we can go back to the sites of Buenos Aires full of dog walkers that I know Dave, you love and dearly miss. 
So next up on the London Coronavirus Podcast, we have Living the Quarren Dream. This is a feature now that we're all fully comfortable with, both uh, in practice and in terms of on the London Coronavirus Podcast, because stuck as we are at home, people have found ingenious and comforting ways to pass the time. And I particularly enjoy today's Living the Quarren Dream, and it's from uh, my friend Reese. And Reese is a really good guy, a very impressive guy, and a very humble guy, which is an underrated, uh, very underrated characteristic. And I'm just going to let Reese take it away. You better be sitting up for this one because there's bags of energy. This is Reese and Living the Quarren Dream. Hi, guys, it's Reese here. I've been playing a ridiculous amount of online chess during this quarantine. The one upside to all this pandemic and disaster is that the online chess world is going off. There's a lot of players online, there's tournaments, everyone's cracking on with the blitz and bullet chess. It's really going off, so I'm trying to fit in as many games as I can, as much as possible with a nine-month-old baby and a remote full-time job. But it is very much hiving out there in the online chess world. So get on chess.com or chess24 and get your games in. Because that's how I'm living the quarantine dream. <laughs> how good is that? That is, I think, James, normally when I listen to our living the quarantine dream tales, I kind of, I can sympathise, I can empathise. Sometimes I think, oh, that sounds quite nice and cosy. But rarely am I as fired up. I mean, Reese, that is a man living his quarantine dream. I think he even said that the online chess community is hiving. Is that a word? I don't know, but I felt like it was. <laughs> Astonishing energy, and if that doesn't make you want to play chess during lockdown, I don't know what will. It's like, we've got to get this on the show. So I reached out to Selma, who was kind enough to send in a demo clip of what heavy metal yoga is like. So give yourself some space to get into those positions. Here it is. Heavy metal yoga. Take another breath in. As you exhale, roll the shoulders away from the ears. Go ahead and spread the fingers wide. Feel the breath flowing in to your body and out of your body. Take another breath in. As you exhale, go ahead and interlace your fingers behind you. As you inhale, pull the chest up. And exhale, lower your torso down so that you're parallel to the ground. Humble warrior. Go ahead and drop the head down. Take a deep breath in. As you exhale, keep your torso there, but go ahead and straighten the front leg. So you'll start feeling the stretch at the back of the leg. We're going to go ahead and hold this for three deep breaths in your own time. Wow, I feel stretched in every single sense. Somehow as I was listening to that, I was sort of picturing a yoga studio that was half your typical yoga students kind of in their spandex leggings work, the athleisure Instagram look, and the Mm. other half like the Hell's Angels. Hello and welcome to the London Coronavirus Podcast, the original and only independent podcast of its kind, seeking to provide light in these tricky times. We actually started this podcast when you were still allowed to go on as many walks as you desired. My goodness, those were heady days. 
Where the BBC give you hard news and horror, the LCP give you positivity and the peculiar. Alongside me for pod number 16, ladies and gentlemen, is of course Mr James. Where James, I no longer define my life by days of the week. I defined it by which podcast we're on. And there's plenty of sweet stuff in today's number 16. This is the section of the pod where we invite you into our sinners booth and Windsor and where simply will not judge no matter what kind of confession you offer up to us. False names are not just accepted, they are encouraged. And today we've got Stefan from Stuttgart and this is his coronavirus confession. Well, it's a little bit embarrassing, but I think I haven't brushed my teeth before 5pm in well over a week now. I mean, everyone, if we're being really honest with ourselves, James, right? I think everyone could perhaps, and it's so important not to, but everyone could perhaps see some of their hygiene standards slipping ever so slightly. And I actually pride myself on my hygiene, <laughs> and I, I, I do, but it's this morning, I got to the shower... At 7am, right? I wake up at 6.30am and have a shower at 7am because you've got to have some rules, James, otherwise it's just anarchy. <laughs> and I stood by the shower and I just thought, what's the point? Like, what's the point in having a shower? What's the point? And then I caught myself saying that and I thought, that is super, that's a dangerous <laughs> path to go down. If we're saying, what's the point in just cleaning yourself? So I did, you'll be, you'll be very glad to know, I did jump into the shower and uh, you know, I felt much better for it, as you always do. And I haven't missed a shower in the last couple of weeks, which is super important, right? But I did just have that moment where I did think, what's the point? And so I can, even though I'm a vigilant teeth brusher myself, I do empathise and understand Stefan from Stuttgart's perspective. Thanks for your cleanliness confession there on the back <laughs> too, Dave. You know, I, you know I like to slide into the confession booth all the time. Any right? excuse. You know what's weird is even though we're doing this over Skype, several miles apart across London, I sort of oddly felt myself relax a bit more knowing that you were showered. Like, that's weird, isn't it? It shows like, <laughs> how much this is something which is in all of our heads. I have to say I am a bit more on Stefan's side here. I, I feel like <laughs> because my morning routine has been more flexible than a live online yoga class, I have got into kind of intermittent toothbrushing. It's like intermittent fasting, but with toothbrushing. I don't toothbrush at all. And then I brush my teeth like twice in the space of three hours in the late afternoon. <laughs> and then I intermittently don't toothbrush again. I don't know if any dentists are listening to this, but I imagine if they are, they'd probably suggest that that isn't going to catch on as a post-craze. And we've been talking a lot about some of the industries that have gone online and were baffled when we found out earlier in the week that dog training is taking place online right now. You can have your dog trained online. I wonder if online dentistry has caught on, like whether I could have an online hygienist, because admittedly I might need one if my intermittent toothbrushing backfires. We have our coronavirus confession 
corner. Now, this actually used to be a little bit lower down the pecking order in the show, but it's come to my attention, James, that it's very important that we give our listeners the opportunity to be heard. We let them confess their sins. Now, we've actually got our first back-to-back coronavirus confession Ooh. appearance on the pod so far. Yeah, because Stefan from Stuttgart has slinked back into the booth for another dose. And actually, genuinely, someone WhatsApp me about two hours ago, James, and asked me, who is Stefan? And you know what? I didn't even respond, James, because they should know by now that where and Windsor, we do not give away our sinner's location or name or identity. So it's very, the rules are very, very clear, folks. I'm clearly not going to say who Stefan is. But uh, listen, this is a very interesting, very relatable uh, confession. And, and it's also one that kind of drifts into clumsiness a little bit. So I will let Stefan take it away with his coronavirus confession. I've started talking to myself all day, basically. Every day, basically. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Stefan with the coronavirus confession round ticket there, the return trip. I like how that started with him sounding like he'd almost recorded it, cutting himself off talking to himself mid-sentence. <laughs> I really felt like we were kind of catching him in the middle of the actual act, rather than it being a posthumous confession. But yeah, we're far enough through, Dave, on the lockdown timeline. I feel like we're far enough through that it can't just be us and Stefan who is starting to see these little signs, these isolation indicators that they are ever (laughs) so slightly losing it. Like we're far enough in, right? We're nearly two full working weeks through being stuck in our self-imposed prison and i feel Mm. like that's got to be having an impact on people like talking to yourself burning your mouth knocking things over these sound like (laughs) fairly typical symptoms to me but i'm interested to see if we're gonna get some more unusual symptoms announced in the coronavirus confession booth anytime soon I think admitting talking to yourself is something that a lot of people on some level can relate to as well. Like, I'm not necessarily suggesting full sentences, James, but there's definitely moments where I do kind of mutter something to myself that I definitely didn't used to do. Mm. And so I I can see what Stefan's saying. And by the way, I don't think we've had a confessor who has done so much with so few words. (laughs) I mean, both of Stefan's confessions have been about 10 words long. But my goodness, he is a definition of less is more, isn't he? Because that is German efficiency at its very best, just unleashing his soul on the world in so few syllables. I mean, utterly spectacular. I personally am hoping that Stefan feels comfortable, James, if he wants to come back into the booth. I would almost, I will have to clear this with you, but I would almost say that Stefan is always front of the queue for us just because I feel like he needs it more than most. Yeah, he's got coronavirus confession queue jump. I would grant him that (laughs) as well. And we'll always open it. We'll always welcome him with open arms in a real air hug sense of the word. And to just fully sign off on that, I feel like if the first sign of madness is speaking to yourself, then the first sign of recovery is confessing speaking to yourself. Mm. And today, 
Stefan the Sinner is back in the booth for the third time this week. Now, listen, <laughs> listen. London Coronavirus Podcast and Stefan, we're in this together, James, as we are, of course, with all our listeners. But you'd have to say that Stefan has spent more time praying to the gods than Jack the Ripper right now. And he's come back into the booth again and he's in a safe place because, as always, we are not here to judge. We are merely here to listen. Windsor aware will listen to your sins, but but it is slightly unusual to have a sinner coming back for three days running. But that is the situation, James, and I hope that others do feel comfortable. Uh, so put that guillotine back in the shed, because without further ado, here is once again Stefan the Sinner in the coronavirus confession booth. Hi there, it's me, Stefan, again. So what I'm currently doing... Um, every evening I set out two place settings for dinner. Uh, one obviously for me and the other one for nobody. So yeah, that's basically my, my life right now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I've got a weekend coming up to recover from... Stefan becoming a hat trick hero on the coronavirus confession. Uh, if I could reach across and hug Stefan, I would. Everything's going to be okay. He knows that. I know that. Um, but, but listen, James, we all have lonely moments, whether you're living in a big family or with a boyfriend or girlfriend or you're alone, that there's going to be moments of either physical or mental isolation in this. And, you know, if, if Stefan wanted to put out another play setting for another... Uh, mythical, mythical human, then who, who who are we to judge? Yeah, I genuinely think, again, something that reflects quite how strange a situation that is that we're all facing right now. Hearing that, my first response was, that actually sounds like a really sensible coping mechanism <laughs> right now. Like, under normal circumstances, that would be one of the most tragic omissions I'd ever heard. But right now I'm like, you know what? I think Stefan might be on to saying. I'd say like if he's got any like cuddly toys knocking around, and I know this isn't an advice corner, we're just <laughs> listening, Dave, but, but Agony Aunt. I wanna help I wanna help Stefan in any way that I can too. And yeah, I, I think right now, you know, like you can't have people over to dinner if you can have even inanimate objects to share dinner with you if you find that helpful. I say right now, do it. I'd sign off on that. James, it has to be said, we're having a super spring here. A couple of gorgeous weeks in March have kind of paved the way for a stunning early April. And today was just that. It was really, really beautiful. And I woke up and I've got to say, I felt like a kid on Christmas morning. I got overexcited because I kind of greedily enjoyed my daily run and my daily walk, both before noon. So I'd maxed out my government dictated quotas uh, with the best part of the day still to come. So this afternoon was, well, I was cooped up inside, really. And uh, I thought for lunch, I should make use of perhaps some of the canned foods that I bought a couple of weeks back during the, uh-huh. hoard- yeah, during the hoarding fever, which, uh, you know, I'm not ashamed to say I got a little bit caught up in. So I was just sat there this afternoon, looking out the window at the sunshine, eating a, a can of sar- eating sardines out of a can. <laughs> and I was thinking that it's actually now illegal for me to go outside again today. <laughs> 
And that really hit home at just how utterly peculiar this entire situation is. And we've raced so quickly, as we were talking about a little bit about yesterday, we've raced so quickly to place this new normal labour on our reality. But sometimes it is okay to take a step back and just call a spade a spade, and which is, this is mad. Uh, but we're, <laughs> we're going to deal with it. Uh, so, yeah, that was my rambling thoughts of my sunny but odd Saturday. How was yours, James? Yeah, I think that very much people are going to fall into one of two camps, Dave, because you've got to decide, like, when do you most value that sunshine, right? Like mm. this week, would you like 21 degrees on Wednesday? My meteorological yeah. sources <laughs> are telling me a little birdie is flying by my window and forecasting. Mm. And at that stage, when you can only go out and get your daily exercise once a day, as the guidelines suggest, then really it's like, are you a midday person? Are you really maximising your tanning time? Are you kind of an early morning when it's the cool before the sizzle comes in? Or are you a kind of late evening sunset kind of person? I, I feel like we're taking part in a weather-based BuzzFeed personality test. <laughs> like one of those ones that people would share on Facebook yeah. years ago. Next up on London Coronavirus Podcast, we've got a new feature, James. I think we're at that point in our in our mm. history, really, our comparatively new history, that we're creating new features. And this is Pandemic Purchase. It is the kind of thing that you buy during this mad, mad time that you would never normally purchase. But because you've got the time, because you perhaps fancy picking up a new hobby or doing something a little bit more creative or artistic or just something to kill the time, you make a purchase that you would never usually have done. Yesterday, James, you revealed that you'd bought a pasta maker. Is that still mm. untested or have you splashed water and, and a little bit more on it so far? I'd say I'm at the stage of it where, like, if somebody had taken delivery of a car and they were just admiring it in their garage. <laughs> I'm at that stage in my pasta-making career. Okay. Like, it's That's just fair. such sleek stainless steel, Dave. <laughs> I mean, I feel it's already... I've got good value from it just to look at it sat on the counter. So when it's producing lean linguine, God, <laughs> I, don't, I, I might not be able to offer many words that day on the podcast. I think I'm going to be left speechless. And with every new feature, James, we, we await contributions from our from our loyal audience. And today we've got one from a friend of mine who absolutely hit the nail on the head. I think when we talked about pandemic purchases, James, as a potential feature, this is the kind of thing we were looking for. <laughs> and my friend Otis sent me, and his name is important, I'll come back to that in a second. He, he sent me a, uh, a message that just said, I bought a blender, milk bottles and a label maker to make oat milk. <laughs> Obviously, not normal times lost the plot a little. And uh, yeah, I just thought that is exactly what we're after. I mean, he bought a blender. OK, that's something people buy, right? Milk bottles. Yeah. That's a little bit more upstream. But OK, I guess he's buying his own milk bottles. And a label maker. That's just that's top <laughs> range. That is top range stuff. Really like that one. Yeah, his pandemic purchasing scorecard there escalated really quickly didn't it like it sounds very much like the blender was a kind of gateway drug to pandemic purchasing and from there he quickly moved on to the hard stuff and the <laughs> label maker is definitely a class a pandemic purchase like that is the kind of thing that you would not normally in a, a month of sundays a year of sundays 
even I'd go as far as to say, get around to buy. And yet right now, you know what? I'm almost tempted to order one, Dave. That I, it sounds very useful, a label maker right now. I didn't realise how much labelling I had to do. But I think Otis is on to something. And I like the idea as well that a key part of that entire purchasing yeah. approach was just for a self-entertaining pun, as I think you're going to explain. Yeah, so the, the crowning glory to this pandemic purchase, James, is my friend Otis, his name is Otis, and he's made oat milk, and his first step with the label maker was to just write Otis milk. And, I mean, that is... I'm going to put it out there. That's genius. This is day one, pretty much. We had the pilot of pandemic purchase yesterday, James. But this is day one for our contributors. And I, I fear the bar is intimidatingly <laughs> high already for the rest of our audience because that is sensational. It's so well packaged, the whole, the whole thought process. And ultimately, the execution, I imagine, was really satisfying. When he's got his milk that he's made with the milk bottle he's purchased, and Otis has got a great eye for kind of uh, graphic design and he's big into his photography, James. And I might even, with his permission, post this on our Instagram feed. But it's just it's just beautiful. Otis Milk on the bodily mate. I mean, that is a good Saturday. That is a pandemic purchase that I fully uh, appreciate and respect. And I want to hear more of those. Yeah, that's COVID relief at its finest. <laughs> and hopefully that's going to inspire more along the same lines. Do keep... Your pandemic purchases coming our way. You can find us on Instagram at London CV Podcast. London Coronavirus Podcast. Living.